0: Welcome to the Maxwell Project, my podcast where I connect with people all around the world to talk tech, gaming, content creation and all the little things in life that matter. Are you ready? Then let's start the show. welcome back ladies and gentlemen to another episode of the maxwell project and i've got the big dog in the house from orlando florida i have aral tasher and i'm your host with most i'm max and it's season two episode 20 We where to got around when we were celebrating the anniversary and probably one of the last episodes of the season before we we're ramping up to get everything settled in for season three aral thank you for joining me welcome how are you doing I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm looking forward for this chat. So happy to be here. Me too. Um, I think this has been also has been in the works for a while. I think I first contacted you around early this year, like early 2021 or late 2020. But um, you've been super busy. You're hitting all the right notes on social media. You've been um, expanding your, uh, like your competence area into lecturing so you're giving away knowledge to those who are seeking your way of working and uh, going into the branch of coding Um, so I know you don't need an introduction but um, tell the people who you are and where to find you.
1: Yeah absolutely Uh, my name is Aral Tasher and as Max mentioned I'm a I'm a software engineer based off of Orlando, Florida. And, you know, I like to take cool pictures of
0: my desk and that's pretty much what I'm known for, I guess. Yeah, I you you have probably the most recognized uh, desk setup besides like Michael um, Michael Soledad. Um, and, you know, you're a software engineer. You probably work a lot from, or basically 100% from home. Um, mm-hmm. And um, you are not originally from the United States I think you if I heard that correctly you are original from Turkey Cyprus but I am Turkish origins yeah okay okay um so did you did you move in I know the backstory I heard the podcast episode with Michael but um (laughs) let you know let let the people know how you moved to the Mm -hmm. United States and how you choose like Orlando or the Florida area
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So like you mentioned, I'm originally from Cyprus. I was born and raised there. Went to high school all all the way, you know, all the education through high school um, and then decided to come to the States for college. Um, And then I got accepted into a tech tech college, Florida Institute of Technology down here in uh, Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, And I studied software engineering there for four years. I then once I graduated I started working with the school, doing some research on cybersecurity, and um, my boss actually convinced me to go back to academia, so I did my master's in cybersecurity as well, Um, and then I've been working with, after, I worked there for two years, two and a half years, did my master's, and then left, and I've been working with Row AI, which is a remote, fully remote um, AI company and just been doing there a bunch of fun stuff, I guess. I can't really say it's just software engineering focused because uh-huh. I have a lot, I wear a lot of hats at work. Yep. So I do some product design. I do some UX research. Mm-hmm. I do software engineering. So I wear many hats there.
0: <laughs> and you share that on on your Instagram. Um, you're, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't go into detail, but you let people into your work life um, by describing it very well without, you know, Disclosing any like business secrets or project that you work on in detail, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's that's an an art by itself to not to do that, you know, because I appreciate that, yeah. And um, I think your content in general gives a lot of value um, because it's it's not focused. I mean, it's not focused around you, but what mm-hmm. you can provide with your work with your approach to whether it's coding, content creation, mm-hmm. um, like uh, collaboration work. You're, you know, mm-hmm. as I said in the pre-show before we went on, uh, on air, um, you're a great ambassador for the tech community. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people can can take a little bit off of you to integrate into their approach to whatever it is.
1: Appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how I originally started my account. You know, I started when I was in when I was doing my master's this is actually an ongoing joke with my friends because you know Mm -hmm. this is pretty much how it started but you know I was having dinner with one of my friends and um we were all together um and one of them were like so when you're a master's student you're pretty much spending most of your time in the lab like just on your own doing working on your thesis and like Mm -hmm. you know trying to put together research so it's not like you know not everybody knows what you're up to. You kind of just disappear. Um, so was jokingly, one of my friends kind of just during dinner was like, so like, what have you been doing this whole week? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then we all laughed and it was like, you know, fun, fun times and all that stuff. But it kind of got me thinking like, um, because I was thinking what I would be doing once I'm done with my research. And once I'm done with my thesis and it kind of made sense, like what she told me kind of, like it gave me a light bulb moment where I was like, you know, it's kind of true. Nobody knows what I'm doing. And at the end, you know, I'm going to do this two years of masters. I'm going to create this like, you know, hundred pages long thesis. And the only people that are really going to read, this is just going to be like my, my uh, defense um, Mm -hmm. people on the, my my jury that's going to, you know, read through my thesis. And then some academic people like this is not going to have any type of, you know, real world value to me, you know, right. when I'm looking for jobs. So that kind of just like triggered something. And I started taking pictures and like talking about my day to day, like, what am I doing? Like today I was, you know, doing some user research, you know, today, the, another day I was like testing out some sort of Android compatibility with my app that I'm doing for my thesis. And that's how it originally started. Um, and, you know, it went like that for a few years But then eventually, I graduated. So once I graduated and got into a real job, it came to a point where, like you mentioned, I can't really disclose everything that I'm doing. Like I cannot say I'm doing I'm working on this part of the project, Mm -hmm. or I'm doing this. So I had to take a step back and kind of abstract myself from what I'm exposing to the people. And the way I kind of figured out how I can make it up is basically doing more product reviews and how they integrate. So I started shifting the content from this the thesis that I was focusing on, mm-hmm. and all, basically just focusing on the tools that I'm using to support my work, and that's that's kind of just been what I've been sticking to like this past few years.
0: So basically, what you did was kind of creating a journal or diary for people to follow, and absolutely, it was there was nothing more in mind, you know, because right now, and especially since COVID, a lot of people, um, they see, you know, you can get free products very, you know, very easily. Mm-hmm. Through you don't need to have a big following. Um, but I think, and you probably would agree with that, um, you shouldn't approach this to get free stuff. I mean, that's a nice side effect of all of this, but you should be in it mm-hmm. for providing value, whether that is through captioning, uh, through captions, and like, journaling your road and i think in in especially in coding have Mm -hmm. like a journal like journaling your road to be a master uh Mm -hmm. having a master's degree or um these kind of 100 days of code that's super interesting gives Mm -hmm. a lot of value to people that are already in the business someone who Mm -hmm. wants to get into the business of coding um or you want to create something that they get value out of, you know, the creation of said content, mm-hmm. like a reel, a photo, desk setup, whatever it is. So um
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, absolutely. I
1: mean, you know, it's it's I've known a lot of people who did this mm-hmm. for accountability reasons. You know, they did yeah. like you said, they did like a hundred days of coding and they posted just to make themselves accountable of okay, I did some work today. And you know, I think that's a good like motive to kind of get into it and mm-hmm. build your build your uh, platform off on top yeah. of it and you know that builds your brand and shows that you're putting in the mm-hmm. work because you know if we're being honest here when you apply for a job your people like whoever's like um hiring you they're gonna look up for your social media like, they're gonna look of up for like they're gonna google you the the, the least you know yeah. something's gonna pop up they want to know as much as they can know about you before they pull that trigger so putting on stuff like that is definitely helps with like your quote unquote, your brand um, Mm -hmm. when you're you're applying for jobs. So I think from an accountability perspective, it's a very good motive to get into. And Mm -hmm. if you're really like, you know, like you said, if you're doing this to get free stuff or like get partnerships, I mean, you're going to get burnt out because you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, I do this, I've been doing this for so long. Because mm-hmm. I just genuinely enjoy taking pictures. I enjoy product photography. This is mm-hmm. this is fun for me. But when it gets into like, you know, the the partnerships and all that stuff, then I take a step back actually. And I'm like, you know, let's chill. Cause this is like, this is getting, you know, stressful. This is bringing me anxiety. I I do this for fun. So yep. I mean, I, that's work. how I feel. Exactly, exactly. So, it becomes I work. mean, if you're in it for the wrong reasons, you're going to get burnt mm-hmm. out real fast anyways. Yep.
0: And you have to, yeah, I mean, if you if you're in the early steps um it's mostly products a product exchange you get a product Mm -hmm. um, and you know you provide photos but once you reach a certain level and you get with higher tier brands um Mm -hmm. like like the ones that you work with you have contractual stuff to take care of you have deadlines probably to to um to hold and um you know if 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 you can't provide the things that you're looking for, are they looking for, you know, you have to either redo or you get shot off the list very easily. If you, if you don't mm-hmm. provide, you know, what they, what, exactly. they what, what helps them. And, um, you know, it all sounds very nice and, you know, it, like our oh, free products, this and that there's always an asterisk to that. And, um, it can get once, once it's- money is involved, it,
1: let me tell you, it's it's never free. Like you know, even no. when you get free products, you're still putting time, effort. You know, you're you it not necessarily paying for it, but you're paying it with your time and your skill set. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yep. even though we refer to it as like a gifted uh, collab mm-hmm. or like you know free exchange, like whatever, it's never free. And you know, yep. um, I remember Michael uh, Mitch Mitch Soul Design on Instagram. Yeah, I yep. follow him. Uh, he (laughs) often gets like comments on his youtube videos like oh you got this for free and like you know you're doing this review for free no dude like that video probably takes a few days worth of work so that's that's yeah. a few days of his time spent yeah. for that product. So it's it's never free. You know, when nope. you're reaching when you reach to a certain level, it's never like you're never pulling out your phone and taking a picture and you know you're it's done. Good. That's not <laughs> yeah. Oh, I so wish it was like
0: that. I wish Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> make a lot of things very easy. Um yeah, it's that's right. Um going back to to your coding, how many languages do you know? Language. um
1: so i started at school they started us with java and then we had to learn a second language so i did c++ a little bit um and then on, on my own time i started doing javascript as well and then from javascript you know i worked with a bunch of frameworks i worked with angular because that was like the first one that came out and then i've been working with react did some like fun D3 WebGL stuff and then Vue.js as well. So these were like all experimental, but at work mm-hmm. right now I'm just primarily focused on React. So okay. Just React JS and you know just mm-hmm. JavaScript. So because I I focus more on web technology. So mm-hmm. you know, anything embedded or anything like that, I don't really deal with that.
0: Yeah. Um because I'm me so I just started working for a US-based software company that's basically like mm-hmm. a data pipeline, um, and mm-hmm. our software is um, web-based. So there's mm-hmm. it's completely um, web-based, and um, I was thinking if it would if it makes sense. I work in sales, but I'm always I've always been interested in coding, um, mm-hmm. and I've. Do you know Team Treehouse?
1: Yeah. I'm familiar Sometimes. with it yeah.
0: And um you know I I'm trying to find an online source that keeps me accountable because you know you can always have something um like uh co- free code academy I think it's free code camp. Yep. Free code camp yeah. Um but I want something that keeps me very accountable. I don't know where to start. Um mm-hmm. and you know there's people who or they you know their Instagram posts go into python do do java do this do that. Um mm-hmm. But, you know, if you want to be like an all, not all around, but um, something that is very easy to get into, um, mm-hmm. probably with some quick results, which mm-hmm. one would you kind of lead lead to? I
1: would say Python. Python is fairly the the easier ones to get into, um, you know, compared to other languages. But it also has like the, the abstract of... Mm-hmm you know, object-oriented programming and like, you know, the, the fundamentals that you'll need. And the reason why I say Python, some people are strictly against Python as mm-hmm. the first language. But the reason why I say Python is that there's less things that you need to worry about compared to like a language like C++ um, so that you can actually focus on the, the, the theoretical parts of it. Like, like okay. I said, like the object-oriented stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so python is fairly easier and like you said it's um you get results a lot faster so mm-hmm. you know it's it's a lot more motivating too um back in my current um company that's what they used because they were mostly data scientists so they were just mm-hmm. using python they we use python for our back end but you can use frameworks like django to build simple front ends as well so you know once you python helps you kind of just build like an all-around like you can build okay. a full
0: stack app with python yep. i would say Ooh. okay that that helps me a lot um so this probably would never be a like a full-time thing for me but i just want to expand my horizon and to, no yeah absolutely i'm then- i'm i am
1: full supportive of everyone mm-hmm. kind of at least dabbling into the world of programming not necessarily as I'm not a big supportive of like everyone can be a coder or like a mm-hmm. software engineer as a as a profession because it, it certainly takes a certain te- type of person to be able to kind of like you need to be obsessed with problem solving mm-hmm. and you know enjoy that kind of stuff to actually be a successful software engineer yeah. um but just learning the basics just having an, a bit of idea It's very important. It's just at this day and age, just because, you know, we live in the day of like programs, like everything is digital (laughs) at this point. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm, I'm very supportive of everyone regardless of what you do to kind of just dive into a little bit of coding and at least get the basics.
0: Yeah. And that's for me. I mean, I, I like problem solving, but not like, not like someone who's coding. I, I'm, I'm not a buck hunter. Uh, I, I, and I know my limits as well. So you have to be extremely logical in your approach. And I know that at some point I mm-hmm. am not as logical as I need to be um, mm-hmm. because I'm someone who you can't feel code, you know, like you can't feel um, a human reaction. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where, where it stops. I, I've never been a genius in math um at at some point it's just for me okay i can't follow you anymore this equation is way above my my understanding mm-hmm. and and that's the same with code if i see all these lines even if i just go into source code it's like for me mm-hmm. what the fuck is happening um yeah, yeah. but this is not like in in a way where i say oh my god what are you doing it's more like wow how can you keep track of all of this it's like admiring mm-hmm. how someone can understand what's happening in, in here and i mean then there's coding and then this writing like a clean code and like a very effective code i don't you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah and yep. Um, this is like how how <laughs> like, maybe i just yeah. first of all need to understand the basics to to understand you know how exactly it, it like i said it's, it's
1: like a different it's a different type of thinking it's not you know like when we think as humans we're kind of we're making a lot of decision making that we're not really aware of Mm -hmm. you know so it's 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 it takes a different type of problem solving approach to be able to you know genuinely enjoy that and you know i've you know i'm a software engineer but i am not a hundred percent. I don't enjoy that kind of stuff too. That's why I <laughs> stay with the client side. And mm-hmm. I have, I came to an agreement with it. Like, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a end developer. I'm not a, you know, I can't just. Um, code for 24 hours straight. You know, yep. I, I'm not that type of person. I'm, I'm a problem solver and I use programming yep. as just one of the things in my toolkit to help me mm-hmm. get to my end goal. Um, and that's, I, I just enjoy, like you said, seeing, you know, user responses, seeing, you know, that feedback that I really genuinely enjoy when I put something in someone in front of someone and they like it or they hate it. I get getting that, you know, yep. reaction. I really enjoy that. That's why I stay mm-hmm. on the, the client facing <laughs> the front end stuff pretty much.
0: Yeah. 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 That's, and you know, for me, first of all, when I first looked into this, but this is like way, way back when I was in business mm-hmm. school, um, and you hear like front end, you hear back end, you hear full stack and you hear this and that, and UI, UX, it's so overwhelming. And um, mm-hmm. if you look into the details of like UI, UX, for, for front end, back end, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, I see myself in a piece of this and a piece of that and here and there, but like not mm-hmm. totally in everything. Cause I, yeah. again, I know my limits and, um, this is why I just want to dab in just a little and uh, mm-hmm. just see. So- and
1: it really depends where you're looking for that. Like who's posting that job to, like you said, you know, there are so many terminologies that often the, the hiring people, you know, which is the human resources for whatever company it is. They don't really know what they're putting it up for either. Yep. You know, they'll <laughs> have like a, UI UX position available but then now you know you need to know Postgres or like some sort of SQL database and like it makes you think like why would I need to know any type of database programming mm-hmm. if I'm going to be doing mm-hmm. UX work so mm-hmm. oftentimes you know even the hiring people don't know what they're <laughs> they, yeah. what they want they just want that yeah. title you know because so that they can bring that to their customers and be like we have a UX designer you know and mm-hmm. he'll do everything Um, but when you're Applying to jobs at like larger, um, more structured companies, mostly the FANG companies, you know, you know, Amazon, Google, mm-hmm. they already have a structured, you know, they know what they're looking for specifically yep. their, their skill set that they're looking is very specific. And they actually, the, the advantage of working at those companies is that they have like a set pathway for you to grow as well. They can tell you yep. like, you know, from here, you can go this way, that way, or whatever path that you want yep. to take with your career.
0: Yeah. I yeah. uh, I mean I'm not in I'm not looking at these kind of um mm-hmm. job vacancies but I totally get that. You know, this is it's not something like sales because in sales it's like more one directional. You need to know this, that and this. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's very clear, but I know what you mean, you know, because it's 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 all over the place, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Um okay. Super helpful. Thank you for that. I'm going to take, take that into consideration for sure. Um, and you know that's kind of a good pathway to the educational side because you just started, mm-hmm. um, like to. I don't. Is it tutoring or is it like really like educationing ed, educational work in terms of you are? So I'm not you... like full on
1: tutoring. Basically, mm-hmm. what what happened uh, was so my one of my boss is actually a. Um, he's a he's a professor at the Columbia University and mm-hmm. he has his own class um, and what he does is basically his his class is based off of different um, jobs that you can re- like careers that you can follow under oh. artificial intelligence so if you're mm-hmm. a you know if you're an artificial engineer or something something like that what are some of the pathways that um that you can follow so he invited me as like a guest lecturer and Mm -hmm. i've done that um to kind of just show them like taking the ai side and what you can do in the user research market with your ai knowledge because um as we grow more into the big data terms you know Uh like we're not really dealing with you know ten users, hundred users, thousand, thousand users. We're dealing with billions of users. Yeah. You know, data science really starts playing into effect for doing your re- user research. Like you can't just interview nine people and be like, okay, here's the here's the pathway that we're going to take. Like you need to take into consideration of like millions of responses, and that's mm-hmm. when the data science that hops in. Yeah. So I gave the, I gave like a mini lecture on how to like how they can get into the field of human computer interaction or ux design whatever you want to call it with their data uh, data science knowledge and he does that semesterly so every once in a while you know he'll invite yeah so and then there's other people from my team that does different things because they have their different uh expertise as well and they'll Mm -hmm. just talk about that it was a fun experience i mean you know i've I've been in their seats, so Mm -hmm, just fresh mm -hmm. out of it, you know, just going (laughs) back and kind of just give them giving them a lecture. It was fun. Yeah, it was unfortunate that it happened during COVID because I would Mm -hmm. have loved to go to campus and like actually teach the class on campus. But hopefully
0: sometime in the future, I'll do that, too. Was it the only time that you you did this this year or have you done it multiple times after?
1: It was just this year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Last year, he, he mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last year he mentioned it to me, but I wasn't feeling, you know, I, I was pretty anxious about it. I was like, I don't know if I'm good. Like I'm ready to teach a class like a full because <laughs> the classes, I think if I remember correctly, I, I think it's either three or four hours long. So you need to wow. have enough like lecture material because uh-huh. it's once a week, it's a three, four hour long class. So you need to have enough material to, you know, span of four hours and like you know, one hour, I can do it one and a half easy, but like four hours, I, it kind of scared me first. So mm-hmm. I just did that, you know, this, this past year.
0: Yeah. Wow. What a preparation to, because you have, to, you, you need to follow this kind of red line to, to, mm-hmm. you know, get all the people's attention or people's attention and students attention. Yeah. And then, you know, work them through it and make them stay all the way four hours. Yep. And it's for you must've been super exhausting
1: yeah yeah i mean once that day i think as soon as the class was over i you know i unplugged everything and just like went just snooze mode
0: immediately (laughs) i totally understand it but you know kudos to you this um this takes a lot of not 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 only effort but you know you need to be self-confident to take that and you need to be of course self-confident of 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 your capabilities and your competence Mm as well so yeah um, Appreciate that, but, thank uh, you. Wow, amazing! I mean, that sounds super cool. I, I've, mm, let's just say the closest I got to that uh, mm-hmm. when I when I finished business school, um, mm-hmm. the the new class of my former teacher,
2: uh, mm-hmm.
0: the the lecture I gave that was about time management and how to get um, coordinated your a-levels with time management and how to structure everything but this was that's like cool. a a 30 minute ted talk <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah yeah and you know at that age i was like 21 uh and it mm-hmm. was like you know it it wasn't it was there's nothing close to what you did but um that's the closest <laughs> and still very far away um i mean
1: but- i see these type of you know opportunities as just like a way to kind of challenge myself because you know I don't like being in my comfort zone. I don't enjoy just Mm -hmm. sitting in, you know, something that I'm comfortable with. So when there's something like this that pops up, like an opportunity like this, I like to I like to just Mm -hmm. try it out. You know, worst case, you're just going to bomb it. But you still get to say like, hey, like I taught a lecture, you know, so. Yeah. So it was fun, though. They enjoyed it, too. So I'm happy with it. So perfect. Hopefully I'll do it again.
0: Definitely. I, I can see you do that um, because you're uh, a very fluent speaker. You're very knowledgeable. Um, and I like, I think you, you don't, you know, you have, you have, I don't know if you have professors like that, but um, in, in my work life, I had mm-hmm. superiors or colleagues that didn't like sharing knowledge because um, they didn't want to give you something that could give you an edge yeah. over, over them. And for mm-hmm. me, sharing is caring. I like to share mm-hmm. my knowledge, um, and mm-hmm. in the end, you know, it, if you give someone the, your knowledge, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it does not guarantee that they can use it the same way you can. Everyone will have their own approach to mm-hmm. using knowledge, or even if they use it at all. And um, and I think, yeah,
1: I, I agree. I mean. Yeah. I've never had this type of like, you know, I've learned something new. I'm kind of just keep that to myself because, you know, it'll give other people an edge. And, you know, even going back to Instagram, you know, I would have so many people Mm -hmm. in my DMs just asking me like, oh, how do you how did you shoot this? How did you do this? And like, I would never have been like, oh, I'm going to not tell them how I shoot so that, you know, they won't be able to shoot like me, you know. I don't, I've never been the type of person that cared about stuff like that. Luckily at work, you know, I work with a lot of intelligent people who doesn't have any ego whatsoever. So it's never been like, you know, I'm going to keep this information from you so that you can't get above me because we don't have that, you know, you're above mm-hmm. me, you're below me type of yeah. relationship at all. So Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very loose. And I, I, I'm very, you know, happy with the team that I'm working with. And I feel very, you know, fortunate for that team.
0: Teamwork makes the dream work. I think that's a very, very appropriate saying. And um, for me, it's it's the same. Um, For my new team that I work with, um, they're all share their knowledge. No one wants to Mm -hmm. uh, keep something hidden. uh, Mm Because at the end, you know, the company's success is your success. And Mm -hmm that's the only way to go about it and you know having i i don't get it how someone just can have an ego and be butthurt about whatever it is and you know it's just i think that's that's a trait of our community um i mean mm-hmm. you were you've been in here for way longer than i've been in here in the tech community and, and stuff but i don't think they're maybe i don't know them maybe they don't mm-hmm. uh, they don't show th- you know, they don't rise to the top of the community um, with an ego. I think everyone is very welcoming and they try to, you know, get the best out of, you know, to represent the tech community in itself in a very good and positive mm-hmm. way.
1: It's- yeah. I don't think I've had any unpleasant or like some, you know, weird interaction with anyone, you know, whoever I reached out to very friendly, you know, yeah. we've, with- you know, we've chatted to the t- point where, you know, we had enough time, you know, mm-hmm. nothing like too deep or anything like that. But, yep. you know, everyone were pretty friendly, welcoming, you know, if you ask the right questions the right way, if you have the good mm-hmm. etiquette, then, you know, I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty sure people are, you know, pretty welcoming to answer your questions. It's just, right. you know, when you reach out to someone and say like, hi, I don't expect to hear <laughs> back from them, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like hitting up a girl. <laughs> yeah like hey and then just not say anything else like yeah okay something else you want to know anything yeah. or what <laughs> no yeah absolutely right i think that's uh you know and if if you want i mean if if you send someone a dm for the first time we all know you want You know, (laughs) you want either a free product. You know, please send me your iPhone 12. I'm I'm broke. I don't have anything. Blah 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 blah. These kind of scam messages, but um, you know, just get to the point. Um, I think Mm -hmm. we're all busy enough to to know that time is very valuable, and Mm -hmm. I don't mind sharing, you know, or taking time to to respond to someone. But uh, just you know, just message me or whoever it is in a polite manner. If they have some time to answer this or that, or you know, could let you know how you did this or that, and you know, we're all well, good.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to sound arrogant and be like, I'm a busy guy. You know, like mm-hmm. I have, mm-hmm. I don't have better things to do. But you know, if you're just messaging me, like, hey, can I ask you a question? that's just this, that's, That's I mean, you could could as well just ask the question and I will respond Mm -hmm. to it. (laughs) What (laughs) upsets me the most is like, people will ask me something Mm -hmm. and then I'll answer. And then they were like, Oh, I didn't think you were going to respond to it. Like, (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Why are you asking in the first place Mm -hmm. then? You know, like, and yeah, sometimes people forget that you're just one single person trying to answer all these questions and just, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I try to, I've been doing a bad, I'm going to come clean, but I've been doing a pretty bad job with responding to DMS lately. Cause it's just been so crazy in my life right now, but
0: yeah. You have 150 K followers. You're super busy at work. And um, you know, I don't think anyone will hold a grudge. Uh, I hope as- not. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I, I certainly hope not.
0: <laughs> and if, You know, if they do, let them go about their business. Um, that's someone who will hold a grudge against anything probably once when a waiter is 10 seconds late (laughs) or didn't ask for for another drink. (laughs) So, um, no. And, 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 you know, when I first reached out to you, I think you followed me at the time, but still, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think I just, I, I think I just got right to, to the topic, you know, if you wanted to join the podcast and everything, but, um, it was still surprising that you reached or that you got back to me in a very short period of time. I mean, mm-hmm. that was from, from what the, the, the image I have of you is you're very, you or you're trying your best to respond to everyone. If it's, if it's a valid, you know, DM to, to get after. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the the, the, the respond time was better than with any support, <laughs> you know, c- customer support of any, yeah. any brand out there. And, um, <laughs> Even if you didn't get back to me, I know that you have such a huge following and that a, a DM can go, you know, can go under in like a thousand requests or whatever. So um that's mm-hmm. well appreciated. It's well appreciated.
1: <laughs> You're welcome, man. I mean, I, I like I said, I try to I try mm-hmm. to do my best to kind of just have yeah. when I'm and I, I can only do this when I have downtimes, you know, like when I'm not literally not doing anything, if I'm just like just chilling. I'll try to go through and answer a few of them. Um, But, you know, there's just so many questions that can just be easily answered by a simple Mm -hmm. Google search or like simply (laughs) just looking at the profile that it just Mm -hmm. sometimes it gets under my skin. And I'm like, like, dude, I have like a whole website you can go and like find these answers for, you know, so, but like I said, I try to do my best. Yeah. Like you don't have two minutes to go through like a Google search, Mm -hmm. but you expect me to give you like a full on two paragraph explanation on
0: something too. But on the other side um, that shows you how much your opinion is valued. I mean, of course Mm -hmm. um, you can do a Google search and for 99% of the time, that is the most efficient way to do it um but in on the on the flip side it just shows you that your that everything you say is very very valuable you know and um but they should also know the value of your time and just as you just explained and i think from everything you post and you caption um mm-hmm. shows that you're very very busy and that should also be valued so um i appreciate that coming one, to my you. next question Regarding Mm -hmm. your time, um, when, before you, or when you, when you did your bachelor and your master's, did you do freelance work as uh, like, you know, you can find people on like Upwork or Fiverr to do stuff like that. Did you do something like that to kind of do make a little money on the side Were you, um, I did a little bit of, so I had, um,
1: I had internships for the most time. Um, the, my, my school's program has this thing called, um, oof, pro track. Uh, they have Mm -hmm. this, like, it's a, it's a program that they have. So basically it allows you to spend a whole semester Mm -hmm. working full time instead of taking courses and it take, it counts pretty much as a semester of your, of your year. Oh, wow. um, That is good. Yeah. So I actually got a chance to work with Philips. So I worked with them for a full semester. Mm -hmm. And then I also continued the internship doing it in the summer as well. Um, And then after that, I also got another internship with a startup that was local. So I didn't really have much chance to kind of just do freelance work. Mm -hmm. I did a couple like small projects on the side, but only for like friends and family, like very close people. I mean, I got a lot of requests coming in just by the, you know, word of mouth um, from like, I didn't really need to go out, advertise it like locally, mm-hmm. people would know to come to me, yep. but like I had to, I, I turned, I had to turn down a lot of things because like, I can't really, and there's a, there's, I have this, I have this habit that like, if I can, I know that I'm not going to be able to put my hundred percent to that. I, I'm not going to take it, you know, mm-hmm. even if I like, okay, I can put like an 80% work to this. I still going to pass on it because I know I'm not going to be able to put my hundred percent to it. So if I know that I'm not going to deliver, I'm like, I'm sorry, like, here's the situation, but I can't take up this work.
0: I totally get that. And I think that shows your, your standard of work approach again, (laughs) this is kind of the red line or kind of what describes it the most. Um, Even if your work at 80% is probably better than I just assuming that anyone other yeah, is doing it a hundred percent. Um it you know that you couldn't go a hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, just it it's like taking away from the customer's experience with you and probably I mean it it wouldn't significantly, significantly hurt your reputation to the outside, mm-hmm. but you know, just for your feeling um just that I know that I didn't put my hundred yeah. percent to it. It's yeah. it's just uh yeah,
1: yeah, mentality, yeah.
0: That's a little bit of Steve Jobs. In. I don't know if you have you read the, the biography, but yeah, uh, for yeah. Steve Jobs, it was really important to have even the internals like perfectly aligned mm-hmm. and everything had to be immaculate. And it's
1: yeah, I would say I'm more of a Johnny Ive guy rather than <laughs> Steve Jobs yeah okay um, yeah <laughs> um but they yes i I certainly do have like a perfectionist side to my when I approach something career wise and it has hurt me for sure, there has been downsides to it, um like when you go onto my youtube channel, I only have three videos in the past two years because you know i, I if it's not good enough i won't put publish it i yep. won't put it out, yep. so it certainly has hurt me from like. Mm-hmm. Productivity wise, like I'm not pushing enough work out, but when I push a work out, I, I want to know, like people would go like, okay, this is Oral's work. Like this is, yeah. this yeah. is his doing like that until it reaches to that point. I don't, I don't mm. release it to the public.
0: You know, I, that, that's something, you know, when I upload my first YouTube video, it was like mm-hmm. my, the camera stood in front of like a coffee table and I just did it <laughs> like a Q and A. Um, I just wanted to pop the cherry and do my first video where I show mm-hmm. my face. Um, but now, as of recent, I privated all my videos that I did before. Um, mm-hmm. And now, um, I, because I'm getting into keyboard building just a little bit, because some of my very toxic friends that want to make me spend a lot of money yeah. on keyboard parts. Yeah. Um, um, that's I, that's I a about, dark rabbit hole there. Oh, my God. It. Yeah. I... Just on the side note i spent like over 1k mm-hmm. over the past four weeks for like keycaps switches boards yep. custom mm-hmm. keyboard and oh my god i mean i i i've uploaded two videos like two minute videos um last week or the week before i don't even know when that was um mm-hmm. but um those two two minute videos took like more than an hour of shooting different angles and you know yeah capturing the audio and this and that and i want to take this approach now um when i do short videos like two three minute videos i have to plan in like three four hours of shooting um mm-hmm. and three, three, four hours of shooting go by so quickly um yep. if you if you have to put up cameras on tripod and you know move it around and do moving the, things redo, around the readjusting yeah around. it and um you know i just want to I want to. I try to. I try my best to do a video once a month with like an elaborate, mm-hmm. elaborate um, production value with um, storytelling. This keyboard, mm-hmm. why this and that, and you know, I don't need to go about it. I think you know what I mean. And um, yeah, and and you know, still do all the other things. And what I figured out with the software industry, working in the software industry. Mm -hmm. you don't cap at like 40 hours a week. Yeah. Whether that is, you know, if you're coding or selling or supporting, Mm -hmm. um, currently I work like, I think I'm capping at an average around 60 hours per week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with researching and admin work and this and that, oh my God. Yep. yep. I love it. Same same here. Yeah. And I, I know you 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 are in it and you're a perfectionist and you love it probably I love it as much as you do, um, mm-hmm. and I think working in IT gets very addicting in a very positive way because it keeps you away from doing like nonsense, <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, I agree.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I get I get DMs all the time, like you know. Because, you know, I work, I do social media stuff. I, you know, I have other hobbies um, and then I work out as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So by the way, you look very
0: buff on camera. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Um, My friends like to make fun of me saying like I Photoshop all of them. But yeah, um, that's a that's a different story. (laughs) Um, Anyway, but so like I get these DMs like, you know, like you said, like, dude, like you look so fit. Like, where do you find this time? And like, this is it. Like, this is what I do. You know, I I work, Mm -hmm. I work out, I eat, I sleep and that's it. You know, I don't do, like you said, like nonsense or anything like Mm -hmm. that. I don't, I don't have time to do, you know, I maybe go out for drinks once a month, you know, or Mm -hmm. twice a month, you know, and that's if it's like a long weekend or something. So I don't necessarily have the most exciting life, but it's, I think in like, I enjoy what I'm doing. So that's
0: that, I think that's what matters to me. That, and that's the only Thing that should matter you should make you happy not the people around you i mean of course exactly. family and friends uh, they need to be taken care of as well but yeah um they should also understand that you know this is what you want to do and that's the path you want to follow um mm-hmm. and um i'm exactly the same as you are and we you know when i have off time i don't want to you know go out like partying all night have a hangover yeah. the next day sometimes it's um, I had the, the, this almost the same topic um, earlier with a friend that I, that i saw after a couple of weeks of time. And she said, you know, she's, she's like um, the head of a pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's also like 60, 70 hours a week. And sometimes he's like, I just don't want to respond to any text messages, <laughs> throws the phone away and just like, leave me alone. I need some downtime. I need to, you know, to recover and yep. be ready for the next task and the next work day. So, um, it, it, it can get very lonely when you, when you're focused on work, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I don't mind that.
1: Yeah. Like, and I want to reiterate that, like, you know, I'm not trying to promote like a, like a hustle lifestyle or anything like that. All I'm saying is that this is what I enjoy doing. That's mm-hmm. why I'm doing yep. it. You know, don't yep. try to go replicate like, oh, I need to work at least 60 hours a week and then like work out, you know, four hours mm-hmm. a day, every day at the gym. <laughs> like that's not, that's not what I'm promoting. I'm just saying no. like, I'm just doing what I enjoy doing. And that's, that's what matters yep. to me. So, yeah, yep. um, it has been like a, that toxic, like, you know, you need to work 12 hours a day or like you need to work. 20 hours like you can you can only sleep for four hours that Mm -hmm. there there was that culture for a bit but Mm -hmm. I think the Mm -hmm. the the most important thing is finding a balance you know finding a balance between work and what you enjoy doing
0: um I second that uh, and I third and fourth that as well um and I agree I think during the summer or before the summer I saw a lot of like these business motivation you know um, oh, yeah. That you that you need to work like this many hours. Um, that yeah. you need to. I mean, um, sometimes you need to to step aside from socializing, you know, to focus mm-hmm. on cer- certain things. Especially probably for you, when you have a huge project that you need to take care mm-hmm. of. That's that's you know uh, important to your success, to the company's success. Then you need to you know unplug for it for a bit um Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean you have to unplug and like you know isolate from everything else Mm -hmm. exactly exactly what you just said you need to find a balance and I think working out is a very good way to to find the personal balance and and live a healthy lifestyle um and you're not promoting you know trying to be lonely and the lonely wolf but you know (laughs) it's Everyone needs to find this for themselves. And sometimes in certain positions that you are in, especially when you're in the beginning of your business life or your work life, Mm -hmm. putting in 12, 14 hours a day will not get you the results that you, that you expect. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, So you always need to kind of, you know, know the vibe, know the situation that you're in. If you're still learning learn as much as you can ask as much questions as you can um and but when you're someone who's like in a lead role lead by example you know do as not mm-hmm. do as i say but say as uh, no what what's it what is it do as, I, as do. I say do as i do right do do <laughs>
2: um
0: uh and you know that's something it's just for me personally just like a quick side note um when i was younger hmm I always told people when they needed advice, do as I say, but I never did what I said. So I was kind yeah. of the complete opposite and I learned that the hard way and, you know, uh-huh. to recuperate from that, it's, um, it's not funny. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I try to be
1: as, you know, as authentic as I can be. Mm-hmm. And when I, so when I, when I went on to Chelsea and Michael's podcast, mm-hmm. you know, we had a little chat before we, we were going live and like at the end of the podcast, like we had our questions, we had our chat. Michael was like, dude, like you're so on brand, like you, everything that you yep. say, you do it. And you know, mm-hmm. that made me kind of chuckle a little bit. Cause like, you know, that's, that's how you are. You, you be authentic. You just, yep. you know, you be who you are on like, I'm not trying to depict this false uh, image of myself. That's mm-hmm. like a hard worker. Like, that's a hustler. Like I'm mm-hmm. just simply just telling what I'm doing. Yep. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to paint myself in any type of a character. I'm just yep. saying what I do and whatever you want to take out of that. That's, that's up to you, you know? Yep. Your persona is persona or all Tesher. On yeah, exactly. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not someone different outside mm-hmm. of social media. I'm the, I'm the yep. same guy that's on mm-hmm. the pictures that talks about the story yeah. outside of it, I'm still the same person. And, you know, it kind of made me chuckle how, you know, <laughs> that was like a, mm-hmm. that was like a, a r- r- different thing for Michael was like, Oh, you're so on brand. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just me, like, I'm not, I'm not yeah. trying to be on brand. It's just the brand is me. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think um if if you look at YouTubers and streamers, like mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine years ago, they, I don't know. Do you know, Dr. Disrespect? I don't think I've heard of it. Okay. He, he's like a YouTube gamer. Um, and he, Mm. um, his persona is Dr. Disrespect. He's like very Mm -hmm. vocal. He's very loud. He's, Mm -hmm. um, he's very edgy. Um, Mm -hmm. that is his persona. And I think when he got bigger, like three, four years ago, everyone thought that they need their Dr. Disrespect persona. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think with when YouTube allowed you to change your brand name, when you had like an MKBG brand name to change it back to your, to your full name, like now I think Mm -hmm. MKBG is Marcus Brownlee. um, Yeah. A lot of people changed back and, you know, they got away from their persona and showed more of themselves. And I think that's, that's why you're so, you know, that's why you have this huge community. That's why your posts are so, Mm -hmm. you have a, I mean, numbers aren't, everything I mean yeah if you want to be very strict numbers aren't anything in social media, mm-hmm. media but um um that's why your following is so engaged with you because they can relate to you and there's no mm-hmm. actually there isn't a the, like a brand it's like a real Tasher, it's the person that you that I see right exactly. now on video and that your friends see in person and talk to in person And uh-huh. um, exactly yeah and that's that's and a, and that's I'm not trying to make trend.
1: myself, you know, I'm not trying to make myself relatable. Like I'm not, I'm not putting an effort to make people like make myself relatable to people. It's just, I'm attracting people who relate to me. That's, it's a mm-hmm. lot more organic um, yes. interaction, engagement there rather mm-hmm. than um, just trying to appeal to a certain mm-hmm. audience, you know, like I'm not trying to make myself more relatable to a certain Yeah, you know age group or like an interest group or anything like that it's just and that way it's more organic like i said
0: and to be honest at a certain at a certain community size people will Mm -hmm. figure that out if you're real or fake yeah yeah i mean like i said people
1: see through that shit
0: Mm -hmm. easily like you know
1: you can be as smart as you want or like as Mm -hmm. as sneaky as you want if you're if you're not authentic people will see through it eventually not Maybe Mm -hmm. immediately, but they'll see through it. There's no point of trying to trick people. So no,
0: absolutely not. Absolutely not. (laughs) No. Um, Okay. Let's move a little bit into, you know, what you're famous for. And that is your desk setup shots. And I have to Mm -hmm. ask, I think you you mentioned it before. And I think I have the brand name somewhere in my head, but that desktop, I, Mm -hmm. I could, I could have that same desktop yours will always be the one that started it all in that, in that regard. Uh-huh. Um, what size is that? Um, so are you referring to the, the
1: original one, the, the reclaimed wood one? Yes. Or the, the current one that I'm using right now. because um, I'm using a different one. No, both, um, both. Yeah. So the, the original reclaimed wood one is, is from a brand called the stand um, That's a oh, yeah, s- I 60 inch by 60 inch by 30 inch.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know the centimeter. Yeah, it's uh, like 140 it. by uh, 140, 150, 150 centimeters by uh, around 75 centimeters. So it's a fairly standard desk size.
1: Um, And it's a, it's a beautiful top. The thing is that that company specifically had some quality issues with themselves. Because as you would mm-hmm. guess, I've gotten a lot of requests of you know, where'd you get that desk? A lot of people buying the exact same desk, trying to Mm -hmm. kind of replicate basically what I had, Um, not necessarily to be on social media, but like just for themselves. And I stopped actively promoting them simply because the desktops weren't matching anymore. Like they had a different color of shade and they just switched it out to people without saying anything. Their customer support never answered on anything. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I cannot just go and tell people to, this company where like they're obviously you know they're tricking people so i kind of yeah. just like i don't actively say where they are but if someone's like no but like where did you get that desk i got it from stand desk i don't have anything mm-hmm. against them it's just i don't trust their quality yeah. level like the customer service quality or anything like mm-hmm. that i'm not really fan of it so i don't i don't really promote that um yeah. the current one that i have is from uplift desk this is actually a part of our uh, collaboration and it's mm-hmm one of my favorite desks actually quality wise. Um, and this is just a solid, uh, um, solid wood desk. This mm-hmm. one's a 72 by 72 by 30. So this is mm-hmm. 12 inches, uh, wider yep. than the other one. Um, and that the main reason for that was that the, the 40, 49 inch, uh, monitor that I used to have, it was so wide that <laughs> there was no Sides left. Once side, I was yeah. like, once I was mounted. So this yeah. one gives like a few more inches on each side, so I can put speakers around it too. So, mm-hmm. but I've been super happy with this. Like this, this thing is like rock solid. So yeah, this Looks one like I, a tank. You know, I yeah, it, it it feels like a tank too. Like the <laughs> tabletop, it takes like at least two three people to like walk like carry around. It was a wow. hell when I was moving.
0: Yeah. Oh shit. So I recently yeah. got one. That's. Almost the same size as yours it's a little Mm -hmm. uh it's a little um um wider uh, no it's a little uh what is it 180 by 80 centimeters it's like an inch and a half thick and it's like 80 Mm -hmm. pounds and when it got delivered (laughs) the, 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 the delivery guy who put it like at the at the um beginning of the street where i live yeah he was like old he was like just before his pension age and he was like, should I help you? I'm like, ah, no, I get it. And then I, I lifted it and I was like, shit. And then, you know, I'm glad that I work out and I just, you know, lift above my head and put, put it Uh on my, on my hands and and on top of my head. And I had to walk this thing. Like, I don't know, like two, 300 meters to my apartment (laughs) and two steps up. And yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think it, having something when you sit at your desk all day long and Mm -hmm. I don't know if you do if you have a lot of uh, video calls during the day um, Mm -hmm. you want to stand or sit at something that's solid you know where the camera doesn't rattle and shake Um, when you hit it once or twice whatever it doesn't like move everything around and uh, yeah I mean I I live
1: off of this desk pretty much Mm -hmm. like you said 90% of my time is spent on this desk i might as yeah. well make it a pleasant experience like mm-hmm. i might i might as well just turn it into something that i actually enjoy being at so that mm-hmm. it's not like you know i don't hate my whole time yeah. just trying to work through it too so mm-hmm. that was my initial goal when i first got the original desk to like uh, my my parents were like because i was still in college when i got that desk and they're like you're spending what like 800 dollars on just a desk like what are you doing um but i was like no trust me like i i want this it's it's all gonna be good and then lo and behold like it it became famous so like they stopped complaining after that like they they're like okay you do whatever you want to do
0: that yeah that's that's your your original desk and even the desk as you have it right now um it's Mm -hmm. so recognizable um you don't even you know you don't have to go through the slides if it's a cap if it's a carousel post yeah, yeah. you know you know where that desk is coming from and you know when there when there's someone copying your style it's uh you know <laughs> it's it's like that. a Chinese yeah, think- it's like a Chinese knockoff with some some photos <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you thank you yeah I think I've established a certain aesthetic mm-hmm. a style where it's very mm-hmm. recognizable at this point and yeah. I think that's like one of the few things that I'm very proud of, like my my photography work is that Should like be. when you take a when you see the picture like you mentioned, mm-hmm. you can recognize that it's it's my picture. And that's like one yeah.
0: of like what I'm proud the most, pretty much. Yeah. But I mean, you probably shoot in raw, but your your yes. edits aren't that incredibly heavy, right? You don't do like you know, they're, I mean they're effective edits, but mm-hmm. from what I've seen they're rather mm-hmm. subtle, right? There's a little color correction. There's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but you're not going mm-hmm. heavily on the sliders, like, you know. Oof, oof, oof. Yeah,
1: I mean, that was a, that was a beginner mistake I did too. When I was, when I first started taking photography, like, you know, boost the contrast, boost, boost the clarity, like make it super <laughs> like HDR feely. Like I've, uh-huh. I went through that phase as well, mm-hmm. but like soon I'll started picking up a style, like seeing other photographers, how they approach to it. And I actually started trying to tell a story with the visual cues in the picture too. Once, once I was more aware of what I was doing, that's when mm-hmm. I started building an, a style. Like, yeah. like you said, I wasn't sure like, okay, I'm just going to push all the all the sliders to the max or like the men and like create this like edgy, like poppy thing. And I was like, <laughs> no, like the, the beauty yeah. is keeping everything subtle, but mm-hmm. also like, you know, telling a story.
0: Yeah. And making it, making it, making it unique my brain my brain is Mm -hmm. fried today i don't know what is (laughs) yeah Um, well i mean
1: sorry uh, go ahead no no, that's good no no i i'm I'm... i was gonna say once you once you are aware of the story that you want to tell and what kind Mm -hmm. of story that you want to tell with the visuals it -hmm. becomes unique automatically you know like once you stop following like sam calder edits or like you know peter mckinnon edits Mm-hmm. You're telling like you're using someone else's toolkits to tell a story of your own, and that's that's yeah. not going that's to not stick.
0: No,
1: nope. once you're doing it on your own from scratch, that's when it becomes unique, and that's what becomes you. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Totally agree. Um,
0: I have to ask, what kind of
1: mm-hmm. chair are you using? <laughs> is that a razor chair? Because it's green. This one, green? yeah. This one is a, uh, this one is the, the the razor chair. I love it. It's yeah. super heavy, but mm-hmm. I I mean I so when they first sent this to me i was like you know i'm not into that kind of g- into mm-hmm. gaming stuff like i don't like flashy like neon like mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. workspace is more nature focused you know more yeah. like minimal like not minimalist but like color wise it's not poppy colors like i'm not using like neon yellow or like neon green oh. you looking so when looking they for were like warm tones sorry warm yeah tones. and more earthy more earthy mm-hmm. you know um mm-hmm. So when they were sending me this like neon green, like you can see the stitching on it, like super like gate, it's like the the chair screams gaming. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel about it. Cause my original chair was a, it was a Herman Miller, which is like Mm -hmm. a very common office uh, brand. Yeah. Yeah. That was more like office looking professional, like, you know, subtle colors, more like black gray. Um, But like. I'm kind of just like I love the feel. Like when I sit in this, I can just sit on this chair for like the whole day, and I don't really mind it at all. So that kind of gave in. Good,
0: it. yeah. Because that's the issue. Um, well, I have a gaming chair as well, but it's it's like fairly unknown. It's more, it's like I think it's a UK brand that I got through a collaboration. Um mm-hmm. and I can't sit in it for I, I after two hours of sitting, I need to get up. Mm-hmm. It's comfortable, mm-hmm. but at some point it's like uh, mm, yeah. and I need to look for an alternative. And I'm looking at the Herman Miller um the embody chair. Mm-hmm. Um but uh I, it's fifteen hundred bucks and I still need to justify that for me, and you know, but uh for, for now this will do the trick honestly getting a getting
1: a very comfortable chair cuz the i i got the the aeon chair i think it's called yeah which mm-hmm. is about 11 or 1200 as well it's mm-hmm. it's cuz it doesn't have like a head area it's a little on the cheaper mm-hmm. end compared to embody um but like i was like every single penny worth it you know like this yeah. this is such a step up from my you know 20 dollar ikea chair it was just <laughs> it was amazing Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, but I think a chair is one of the, it it doesn't get exposure on Instagram. Like people don't see the picture, like in the picture, the chair, Yeah, but it's one of the, the the one thing that I use the most, like it's one of my
0: most important investments that I make. And, you know, it should be whether you're in your office at home or at work, Mm -hmm. um, sitting in a good desk chair at a good desk that is not rattly and not shaky, um Mm -hmm. best case it's height adjustable so you can stand up um Mm -hmm. and have like a more ergonomical office space to to work at um i think it people are more conscious about this now after covid or after last year or since last year but before Mm -hmm. that it was kind of oh you don't need to spend 300 bucks on a desk chair you don't need a a mouse that fits your hand in a good way, so you can work yep. with it all day. Um, but this change, even where I live, no, this is more like small business owners and like you know, mm-hmm. uh, and p- uh, the companies where that are in my area, they even mm-hmm. they get they get more conscious about this. That you know, need yeah. to provide a good working environment so your employees can work eight hours a day. Yep. Exactly. And it, it helps you boost
1: your productivity, not necessarily mm-hmm. directly, but just by being in a in an environment that you are comfortable, you're happy. Mm-hmm. It just affects a lot. Like, you know, I remember, like I said, I, I did an internship with Philips and that was like mm-hmm. your old school, like, you know, office space with like cubicles and stuff. I hated okay. it. Like I hated oh God, every yeah. single minute of it. Uh-huh. I was like, I need sunlight. I can't work in this freaking like vampire conditions, you know? And it just you know I barely did any work um mm-hmm. it's just like when i'm in my most comfortable is when I do my best work, so i yep. I'm very well aware of it that's why I invest so much in yep. my my
0: workspace, yeah, and it's as you just mentioned it's worth every penny, every cent, every dollar you spend on it um but while we're on the topic of razor um you you i I think you probably through collaboration as well, you have some razor products, and I think. You know, I mean, you're kind of a keyboard uh, enthusiast. I, I, di- I, I dip my feet in that area. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, I think you, you uh, you've shown the is it the Huntsman? Um, Huntsman keyboard. The
1: keyboard? Yeah. Um, no, I have the Black Widow. I have the Black oh, Widow. Oh, Black Widow. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but you you came from a custom keyboard, right? Yes, I built a custom keyboard on my own too. Ooh, ooh! Tell me about it, because um, at that point I didn't really follow it, but now, of course, mm-hmm. I'm I'm super interested yeah. in that. <gasps> so I first got into mechanical
1: keyboards um, when I was in like college. So I started mm-hmm. with like the cheap ones. I got a first. I got a a WSD keyboard. Mm-hmm. It's it's just mechanical. It was very cheap. It was like plastic everything. <laughs> Um, but like, it was my first time, like getting a clicky keyboard per yep. se. Um, so I started with that and then I got into like a little deeper. Like I said, this is a dangerous rabbit hole. Like once you're in it and you learn more mm-hmm. into it, you want to, you, you get more curious and more curious and the, the, the deeper you get, the more expensive it gets. So yep. I got this, uh, white Fox. Um, it was like, a um, a mechanical keyboard again, not a custom keyboard, um, mm-hmm. It's by Kono store or something like that. It's, it's called white Fox. It was a beautiful keyboard. That was a 65% too. Mm -hmm. And then um, I have this thing where like, I love learning. Like I love genuinely learning. It could be anything. It could be coffee brewing. It could be, you know, scuba diving. It could be anything. I just (laughs) love learning. So the more I got into the mechanical keyboard uh, world, I was like, I want to learn how to build one on my own. So You know, I started doing some research and all that, so I got a bunch of kit. Like, I got this kit from KBD fans. Yeah. Um, and then I got a PCB board that was. It wasn't a. What do you call that thing when you like? The hot swap or soldered? It's a hot swap. It was a hot swap. Okay, it was Um, a hot swap. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was my first build. So I was like, I want to play it safe because this is like. I'm dropping like $350 on this keyboard. I don't want it mm-hmm. to like break or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna play safe and do hot swap. So I got a hot swap. Uh, um, I forgot what the PCB board is again, but basically mm-hmm. I got a keyboard from KBD defense and built it mm-hmm. on my own. Um, and that was fun. I still have that. Um, but I wanted something that the, the software for that um, board wasn't that good. Yeah. Um, it was using some sort of like an old QM, QM, or whatever that software mm-hmm. is. So it was really Good difficult. Thing. And like the LEDs were li- very limiting. Um, and then I got the, the drop um, keyboard. Now I have the ALT drop. Um, oh yeah. I don't, I, they, they changed their brand name. They're not called drop anymore,
0: but no, they're they, called, they're called drop. Now they called, they were called mass drop before.
1: Oh, yes. It was mass yeah. drop. Now it's their drop. Yeah. yeah. So drop I have balls. drop yeah. ALT. Um, that's like my main keyboard, but I, mm-hmm. on my gaming setup, I use the, the Razer. So I had the Razer um, Black Widow 10 keyless, mm-hmm. but they just sent me a 65% version of it. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm obsessed with 65%. That's like my perfect size of keyboard. Yep. So yep. I've been using that.
0: 65 has the arrow keys on it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But... Um, so because I have, I'm more into seventy five percent. So it's um, you get like you know the SM- media keys and stuff, right? Right, right. Um, but I'm planning to to build. So I just built the um, the glorious GMMK Pro, um, uh-huh. and I you know I I I looped the switches, got a key, GMK key, keycap set. Um, mm-hmm. SM keyboards is with with the help of Jeff Battle Station. They're building me one. Uh, which mm-hmm. is the um i d eighty v two from Iidabau, which is mm-hmm. a seventy five percent but the next one that I want to build is a sixty five percent because I want to see if I can you know work with that because I've only yeah. heard good things about sixty five percent it's It should be the sweep spot of keyboards yeah and that's, that's I, I mean
1: in my that's in my opinion that's the case because mm-hmm. I really wanted to warm up to 60%, but Mm -hmm. I I desperately need, especially when I'm coding, I desperately need those arrow buttons. Um, Or -hmm. like if I'm using Photoshop, like, you know, you're moving things pixel by pixel, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. you need that arrow button. And I hate that I have to do like a a one, you know, deep layer and I have to like hit the FN button and like hit K. Like that's just, that's too much work for me. So I was like 65 is perfect for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that could be for me as well. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, with as you just mentioned, it's a dark, deep rabbit hole. And I found some split keyboards, and oh. it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I know this will be very very expensive hobbies. Um, but mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, same same as you, I want to learn. That's why I want to get a little bit into coding. I want to get into this, and I also want to solder some some boards as well. Not only hot swap um -hmm. this is nothing that i will make a career out of but i just want to keep my mind uh fresh and on top of yeah exactly exactly yeah and that's how i got into it initially
1: too like i just Mm -hmm. i just genuinely wanted some distraction you know like just wanted (laughs) to do something different you know Mm -hmm. and that's how i got into it and like i'm not i'm I'm not gonna say i'm like a full-on custom keyboard mechanical keyboard Mm -hmm. guy like i still there are parts that i'm not fully like understanding but yeah. at least i know my way around it i know enough that i built one mm-hmm. on my yeah. own so you know so i have an idea of it and that that was enough for me that's why i kind of just hit the brakes on that because also <laughs> it was hurting my wallet too so
0: yeah yeah oh my god i'm i'm getting i don't know like six or seven keycap sets from gmk uh, oh god yeah um one bought it hurts what i what i'm going to say next i um I got one off of a reliable source of the internet and I paid mm. with shipping from the U S to Germany for 50 for keycap set. And Oh God, damn! makes my, that's, that's more than I paid for my custom keyboard from SMT. Yeah. <laughs> just to put it in perspective. Yeah, I, I got
1: some, I got, I just got some fun keycaps in the mm-hmm. mail I'm working on a small little project. It's not going to be a full-on custom build, but it's going to be like mm-hmm. a nice little change of theme. I still am putting things together, but hopefully mm-hmm. you'll see that in the channel
0: soon. But I, oh. I have something that's like fun and different. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Is it uh, solely on Instagram or will it will there be a, a little video on YouTube as well? Uh,
1: it's probably going to be mainly on Instagram, but okay. I do want to do like a video on like how to build a custom keyboard type of thing. Like, yeah. What are some resources that I use? What what I looked for and such. Mm-hmm. Nothing too in depth because, like I said, I'm not a full on like yep. expert in mechanical keyboards. Yep. But at least from like I, I guess like a building a custom keyboard for dummies type of thing, where like you know <laughs> if you just want to dabble in the keyboard custom yep. keyboard world and you don't want to fully get into it and like you know spend days in the reddit uh chats you know Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. easy something fun just just so that i can channel my passion for it too
0: yeah i think that's a good way and for a lot of people that will be very helpful because oh my god it's i mean there by now there are a lot of a lot of good sources to take your first steps and Mm -hmm. with um with the gmk gmmk pro and the keychron q1 Mm-hmm. There's some entry level boards that that can be used for that, uh, but you know what what still what will still be a big thing is part sourcing. If you do like something like the KBD and it, and you need to get the parts from whatever for yep. for me especially um, in Germany or in, in Europe, I ordered mm-hmm. parts from South Korea. I ordered parts from England. I ordered parts from. From the Philippines, and I ordered parts from the from the United States, and mm-hmm. it it takes it takes a long time if if you want to. Find yeah, them.
1: and you know, there's a lot of like those group buys could end mm-hmm. for like go for years. You know, like oh God, these keycaps yeah. that I'm talking about that I'm gonna get, I ordered oh. them like a year and a half ago. You know, oh, wow. like, I've been waiting for these for a while. Yeah, they they they've been in the works for a while. So are they GMKs? But, you know, at the same time, what are they GMKs? um they're from Omnitype. I don't oh, know if you've oh okay heard of okay mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah they do group buys and this mm-hmm. one has been taken. like this one took a year and a half to finish Fuck um me, no. but you know the more people are interested in this and the more mainstream like mechanical keyboards are becoming i think these resources are getting more and more readily available so like yep. the the razor keyboard that i had so mm-hmm. i think um, you know, like this is not like a sponsored thing, but I think Razer is doing a lot of good job in this um, in this market because mm-hmm. they just sent me this um, accessory box and it has a lot of different keycaps, um, yeah. coiled cables. So they are mm-hmm. becoming a lot easier, like easy to go purchase something like yeah. without having to go through the custom route. You know, so I right. think that's good for people who are. You know, not necessarily wanting to get into the mechanical keyboard mm-hmm. world, but like want to try it out. It's yep. becoming readily more available,
0: so I think that's a good thing too. It is, it is, and you see this with, especially with Razer. Um, and you, I saw the keycaps or this this whole package that you've probably mm-hmm. got with some other uh, Instagram content creators. And mm-hmm. this is something that will please a lot of consumers and gamers just you know mm-hmm, exactly to nip to nip a little bit into the or on into the the custom keyboard world without spending hundreds of dollars on everything Yep, because now you have
1: also like a reliable pers- place mm-hmm. that you can go buy yep. as has customer service because some of these mm-hmm. you know some of these keycap like places you know you go onto aliexpress like they're sketchy like sometimes <laughs> it's you know super shady. <laughs> you don't necessarily know what you're getting yep. into so you know, yeah. the fact that there's like a reliable mm-hmm. place that people can go in and like readily buy some pre-made stuff, not necessarily, yeah. you know, super high quality that, cause mm-hmm. you know, you can go like, as far as like a key cap costing 25, $50 just by itself. You know, yeah. like if you're really getting into niche and like wanting yeah. to build something mm-hmm. super
0: expensive, the novelty, you know, and, having something mainstream. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's super fun. Um. But also with with all these different switch types and whatever and Franken Franken switches and I don't know what the hell and I mean just just to get set up to mm-hmm. loop to loop switches um, to desk film switches um, even solder a board that 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 sets you back a couple of hundred and just for yeah for exactly and, but yep. I got to take this route now. I spend too much money to not follow this. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're too,
1: you're too far deep in now. So I, uh, I
0: am, I am, but I'm looking forward to this because it, it's also a great community to, to, um, mm-hmm. to get in touch with. So, um, yeah. Um, so we're almost at, at 90 minutes because you're hitting you the gym in the next, uh, next half an hour. Um, just, uh, just one more little thing that I want to ask you, um, if mm-hmm. you would be up, if your schedule you know, has some free time, maybe you know late this year, early next year to jump on this again, because I had a really good time talking to you. Um, you're super reliable, uh, re- relatable guy, right? Re- reliable, of course, as well, but <laughs> relatable guy, um, and I had a really good time.
1: Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed being on here. You know, this was a very laid back chill chat. I I really didn't mind it. Um, And I'd be happy to hop on. Like we can even do like a, like a joint something too. Like we can invite Michael or someone to do like a big, big one. too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'll be totally down. Well, we can discuss the um, logistics later on
0: for sure. Awesome. Okay. Um, Last thing that I want you to do is let the people know where to find you and what's going on in your life. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, you can mainly find me on Instagram. I'm mostly active on Instagram under Oral Tasher. Um, but I'm also, I, I try to pr- produce content for YouTube. Sometimes I tweet too, but every, all the platforms you can pretty much find me with Oral Tasher. So anywhere that you look, I'll, I'll be there. Maybe not
0: as active, but yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, thank you all for joining. Um, it was a really good time um, I'll now send you off into the gym so you can have your daily workout um, Chad thank you f- thank you so much for joining for all the listeners if you enjoyed this episode leave a little rating on your favorite podcast platform share it with your friends share it with the community and then I will talk to you in the next one not cue the music bye